Welcome to Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. You've tuned in for compelling conversation on hot topics impacting Canada's fire service. I'm Hope BC Fire Chief Tom DeSorcy. There are many sides to fire prevention, from inspections to investigations and public education, and that is our focus this time on the podcast. Laura King with uh, NFPA Canada joins us today from Oakville, Ontario. Laura, thanks for taking the time today. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Tom. Fire Prevention Week has always been there, or has always been the focus around fire prevention for smaller departments and larger departments in Canada when it's the it's the main epicenter, if you will, of promoting fire safety and public education. And that comes up in October, but June is a pretty important month as you announce the campaign for the year coming up in October. That's right, and that's usually done at the NFPA Conference and Expo, wherever it happens to be located uh, in a given year on June 1st. So that didn't happen this time around, so we've done it virtually. So on June 1st, we launched or are launching or have launched um, the Fire Prevention Week theme, which is Serve Up Fire Safety in the Kitchen. That's relevant because um, cooking fires and particularly unattended cooking is the number one cause of structure fires and kitchen fires across North America and also of fire injury. So we know that we have a huge target audience. We know that it's relevant in every community and we know that people who are looking at data and able to then develop community risk reduction programs and plans can take all of the resources that we're providing without having to sort of start from scratch. So Fire Prevention Week, October 4th to 10th, but our theme is out there now and the resources are available on our website, nfpa.org, or very specifically, fpw.org for Fire Prevention Week for everyone to have a look at and start building their Fire Prevention Week campaigns now. Important information for departments uh, to have this advance notice to get prepared for not only Fire Prevention Week, but also to uh, to carry this message beyond that. Uh, How important is that for departments to take it early and to get prepared for October? Well, particularly this year, Tom, of course, because Fire Prevention Week is probably going to look different than it has in the past. And we've taken that into consideration. We've had a bunch of our educators from across North America brainstorm and come up with a bunch of ways that um, folks can reach their our audiences without seeing them face to face, which may very well still be the case in October. So you talk about, you know, we've all been doing things differently for a little while now, and we expect that that may certainly be the case in October. So what can fire departments do, large and small? volunteer and career to get that message out, all kinds of things. So we've had a bunch of departments that have uh, developed, we'll call them observe from the curb strategies, whereby they're doing drive-bys or drive-throughs in their municipalities and handing out swag bags, as we call them, of goodies. And we'll have all the Fire Prevention Week material to be able to put in those, of course. We have um, lots of folks doing, of course, Zoom conferences with various groups in their municipalities or regions. That's a great idea. We've had wonderful photos and sent to us with fire departments, fire prevention officers, fire and life safety educators, working with their municipal partners and also with their 
local partners, so restaurants, um, chambers of commerce, that type of thing, and doing things at drive-throughs or in front of buildings where people are coming and going, but still able to keep their distances, handing them information safely, of course, providing lots of virtual ways to do that as well. So there's a list on the website, fpw.org, that gives you all kinds of samples, examples, and um, walks you through how to do those kinds of things. How important is it for departments to to take fire prevention and in terms of public education more so, take it beyond fire prevention week? The the tools that you're providing obviously are, I guess, a, a big step uh, in terms of, of getting the, uh, the information out to the public, uh, out to the community, again, well beyond the, uh, the one week during October. So we're seeing now, and we have for some time, fire departments using social media, obviously, and uh, lots of other wonderful avenues to get their fire prevention messages out. It is critical. It is the first line of defense. And obviously, we want to prevent the fires before they start rather than respond to them. So it's something that NFPA works very hard with offices of the fire marshals across Canada and the United States to make sure that we are able to distribute the information through our networks to all fire departments and fire and life safety agencies. So, you know, you can't count the fires that don't happen, right? You can't count the fires that you prevent, but that's certainly where NFPA has always wanted to go. Fire Prevention Week goes back years and years and years. It started in Canada in 1925, and we were actually a couple of years ahead of the states uh, having Fire Prevention Week. But you're right, that's just a component of what we we want and hope and encourage fire departments to do all year long. And now we know things burn faster, the voids, the spaces in homes and whatnot, and you know, you have fewer than two minutes to escape. And along with our very specific messaging this year about cooking safety, we want to make sure that people have uh, working smoke alarms on every level of the home and an escape plan, which is absolutely critical. And we've seen a few incidences over the last couple of weeks here in Ontario where people have had escape plans and they've worked. And we do see them all the time, um, but they just happen to have been highlighted because I don't know if it's a rise in cooking fires since people have been home, but certainly we've heard more about them because people are home and doing things a little differently than they would normally do. It's important, I think, and maybe you can speak to how important it's been over the last couple of years to have that relationship with the provinces, to have the fire marshals, the fire commissioners, those community connections locally to spread the message. It must be very important for NFPA to have that avenue. Yeah, so we have wonderful relationships, of course, with the Canadian Council of Fire Marshals and Fire Commissioners, and the Canadian Council of Fire Marshals and Fire Commissioners has a public education committee. The members of that committee are also our NFPA public education representatives. We call them now our Canadian Advisory Group. So we pass on NFPA, me and our regional director in Canada, Shane Mintz, we pass on our information to those people who then pass them on to the fire departments in their territories and jurisdictions. So there is sort of a a web of information distribution. Um, so when anything new happens with NFPA, and for example, of course, our, our launch of, uh, of Fire Prevention Week and our messaging and our information on June 1st, that would go out that way through that network, and then everybody would know that it's happening. Can you speak to the fact that a lot of departments, and I'm talking about the smaller ones, that may not have the resources to run full-blown fire prevention uh, public education campaigns. Is this the opportunity to get that kickstart, or at least if they only do it one week a year? Yeah, absolutely. And that's certainly the case for lots of departments because, as you say, they're lacking resources. So everything that NFPA provides for Fire Prevention Week is free to download from our website. 
there are, of course, kits that people are familiar with, and you can order those through CanOps and also in Ontario, the Ontario Fire Marshal's Public Fire Safety Council, and of course, Fire Hall Bookstore. But you don't necessarily need to do that because the resources are available, again, free to download from the website. In addition to the Fire Prevention Week resources, of course, there are resources that are there for kids, for adults, for older adults, and for schools, for community groups and clubs, and again, free to download and available some of them even in English and French, for fire departments to use any time. The other thing, Tom, is that I'm available to help departments develop those programs uh, if they are short on resources and don't have full-time fire and life safety educators or even fire prevention officers. So, you know, how can they do that with limited resources? You can work with your community partners. So if it is the schools, if it's the local grocery store and you're handing out flyers or providing information by being in the store once a month and talking to people as you bag groceries, of course, in different times, but um, there are lots and lots of opportunities for smaller departments to do that if they know that the resources are there and available to them at no cost. Going back a number of years, used to always target that one demographic uh, when it came to public education, and that was that kindergarten to grade four. Is that still the target demographic or is this wider spread? Yeah, so Fire Prevention Week is certainly wider spread and actually our target audience is everybody because we're finding that um, the numbers for cooking issues show that it is across the board the most important or the largest and most significant target for that message, however, is families at home. So people from 25 to 39 um, who have young children or are you know, uh, young adults living either in groups or on their own, that seems to be a key demographic for cooking safety messaging. And you know, while we're on that, I'm just going to go through some of that messaging for you so that you guys will be familiar with it. And we have eight specific messages that we're offering and providing during fire prevention week and I'll just read them to you very quickly but you'll be everyone will be familiar with them but I think it's critical that people hear them and know them and that is keep your cooking area clutter free so you don't want to have um, things like dish towels and oven mitts within a one meter radius and that sounds like a big area but if you have a gas stove it's kind of critical put a lid on it people don't know to keep a lid nearby and extinguish a small fire in a pan using a pot lid so that's critical information that we're trying to get out to all of those demographics be smart when you're cooking use a timer to remind you what do you think, Tom, is the, the most significant distraction these days for people who are cooking? Uh, it would have to be probably social media or your, I guess, your devices, right? Yeah, absolutely. So use your device to set the timer and that way you've probably got it in your hand and that's what's distracting you. So that's good information. Um, clubbing and cooking don't mix. After a night out, order in. So we thought that was uh, targeting, again, that very specific younger demographic. All of these messages are going out on Facebook Twitter and also of course Instagram so we are trying to target different audiences keep kids safe from burns and scalds have a kid-free zone around your appliances that cause heat in the kitchen focus on the food unintended cooking is the leading cause of fires in the kitchen which we know and did you know cooking is the number one cause of home fires and home fire injuries so we want to make sure that those are the messages that get out there and again we've got social media cards that are easily downloadable and free to use and optimized for all of the different social media platforms. I think that's an interesting. The delivery method has certainly changed when you talk about all the different platforms that you have to think about when you want to reach an audience. There are so many different ways, aren't there? 
Yeah, exactly. And I mean, we have everything now from coloring sheets for kids and coloring sheets for adults and coloring sheets for older adults to video. And then, you know, really for us, the newer one, we've been on Instagram for a while, but um, having a targeted campaign on Instagram is a little bit different. And, you know, I think <laughs> understanding how Instagram works and using the hashtags and reaching specific audiences with specific messaging is certainly new for us, but it's where everybody needs to go. And it's good. So jump on board, everyone who's listening, jump on board and, and use your Instagram and have your kids help you because they're really good at it. And maybe some departments that are not, uh, I guess, don't have an Instagram account uh, for, for their department or a Twitter account. This may be that, again, an opportunity to uh, to create that and uh, and have that following, if you will. Yeah, sure. I mean, a lot of departments have to go through their municipal corporate communications departments. And one of the reasons we launch early and we have the information available on June 1st is so that departments can lead their corporate communications people to that information. And then they can start to plan how they're going to disseminate that information during Fire Prevention Week. But it's there all year, too. We have social media cards and all the messaging, all our tip sheets and whatnot that are on the website that are there at any time of year. And you can work with your corporate communications folks to plan that well in advance and set it up. And then also target specific audiences based on your community risk reduction efforts and the data that explains to you what your risks are. What I found very helpful uh, in what NFPA offers is the fact that a lot of it, and you speak of the tip sheets, a lot of it is customizable. And I can put my uh, department logo uh, on so it comes from me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So the NFP logo stays there, which is great because I think that brings credibility and recognition, but there is space on those resources for your department's logo and contact information because, of course, we want folks in your municipality and your community to contact you, and then if you guys have any questions, to come to us if need be. 2020 has certainly been a challenge for the fire service, uh, along with everyone else, to uh, to do business the way we're used to doing it. And again, public education, as you've touched on, has changed. Do you think this will change the way that we deliver public education moving forward into the, the next years afterward? Do you think this will, this will make us change? It's, it's a good question. Um, I mean, we've been changing because we've been using social media, but what else can we do? You know, do we have to go into classrooms or do we have to have folks come to us? Well, we don't. Lots of departments are doing virtual truck tours and um, Zoom groups or whatever um, platform you choose to use with groups in their communities and doing it from home. In Barrie, Ontario and a couple of other communities here, the municipalities are doing phone calls and they're only phone calls but they're group phone calls with older adults and some of our fire and life safety educators have been doing our remembering when program over the phone and so it doesn't involve technology they're not using slide decks it's just a conversation because that's a comfort level for that demographic so it very well may change what we're doing and how we're doing it and I think that um, all the creativity and all of the innovation and technology that's out there that's fine we can go down that road Another thing that listeners might find interesting, there's a Facebook group called Fire and Life Safety Educators, and it's open to anybody and everybody, and they are just piling on great ideas about ways to do things. Perth East in uh, Ontario did a call out for swag bags, essentially and then delivered them in the fire truck in their community to families. This is early on when folks were at home for the first few weeks and had an incredible response to it. So all kinds of safety messaging that went to families who were all home, you know, talk about escape planning and whatnot. And then they were able to file them back to the fire department. You can run contests that way. 
um, is endless, really. And it, it's, it's forcing us to think and forcing us to do things a little differently. But I don't think that that's a bad thing. I think that that's a real good thing. In light of the pandemic approach to the way we've done business and started to or continue to, I would think that uh, maybe a lot of departments have started off into a, a public education or down the public education road just to keep getting messages out. Maybe they've improved and expanded on what they're normally doing. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, it's funny you should mention that. I mean, people aren't out doing what they are normally doing, right? So fire and life safety educators, um, fire prevention officers, a lot of people are working from home and it just happens that perhaps they have a little more time on their hands to focus on this kind of thing. So we are seeing more. We're definitely seeing more contests, more campaigns, more of a concerted effort to focus on specific demographics and specific messaging. And, you know, the messaging too is all there on the NFPA website in our Educational Messaging Advisory Committee document that explains, you know, if you're looking for messaging on carbon monoxide, if you're looking for messaging on smoke alarms, if you're looking for messaging on escape planning, it, it tells you, you know, what words to use and why the wording is constructed the way it is, but then also allows you to link to the NFPA website for activities and resources for uh, any of those demographics. So yeah, it's, um, it's not a bad thing at all. The theme, I would think, should be the jumping off point. I mean, this is only, you know, the kitchen is only one part of your home, and it certainly leads to the conversation around the the other parts of the home and the smoke alarms and the sleeping areas. But it also, I mean, we could we could expand into the barbecue uh, for summertime. We could we can talk about all those things, and 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 maybe now that we've got you started to think about it, now is the time to start talking about it. Yeah, you talk about barbecues. It's it's interesting. We've had a couple of fires over the last couple of weeks that we've heard about people putting their barbecues underneath their decks or close to their decks, and then we end up with deck fires. So yeah, I mean, you know, the information is there. The tip sheets are there. Distribute them any which way you can, but we need to get the information out. Um, we're still seeing incidents that are similar to what we've been seeing for years and the more you guys can do and the more creative ways you can find to distribute that information, the better. People have been have been off work, have been uh, have been home, but certainly uh, taking a break and, and fire doesn't take a break, as we all know. Uh, you know, it's important. And we talked earlier about the working in the communities, in the provinces and having that outreach and the relationships. Canada is a diverse country. It must be a challenge from you being a public educator to try and reach that diversity from Atlantic Canada to, to Vancouver Island, where things are done differently. Winters happen <laughs> a little bit more extremer than other places. I mean, trying to get the, the public education message out and direct it to certain people, it, there must be a challenge, is it? Well, it is, but that's why we have that network across the country in all three territories and in, in all provinces and a couple of extras along the way. We have a fellow with National Defense who is our translator and has translated all of our fire prevention week messages into French and is helping us build a library of French information. The challenge is and always will be with our First Nations communities in that there are so many languages spoken and we don't have the capacity nor do the offices of the fire marshals and fire commissioners to translate that. But I'm working with our representative in Nunavut and we're providing the information but they're doing the translation uh, into three different languages for their communities. So as long as the messaging is accurate and we're able to provide that to the folks who can then customize it for their audiences. Um, it works great. It's yeah, it's a big job, but um, we've got the the people who know what they're doing in those different regions to help us achieve that. 
The theme is Serve Up Fire Safety in the Kitchen, and it is the uh, the theme this year centered around Fire Prevention Week, which is October, October 4 to 10, but launching in June and, and getting the message out as soon as, as, as they can. And, and Laura, maybe again, the information or the, the contact information on the web, how do we get the resources, how do we get the information? Yeah, so hopefully everybody will have seen the wonderful video that we did, the public education team at NFPA, and then some of our contacts across Canada and across the United States. So a lot of fun putting together that video that is short, but very entertaining. Um, also our Facebook, our social media posts that we'll have all through June and then leading up to Fire Prevention Week. So if you go to nfpa.org or fpw.org for Fire Prevention Week, uh, you'll see the tabs on the top that will lead you through all of the resources, um, social media cards in English, French and Spanish all free and available for departments to download. You can contact me at Canada CRR, which is Canada Community Risk Reduction, Canada CRR at nfpa.org. And through the offices of the fire marshal in each of the provinces and territories, there is a representative and that information can be easily gleaned through your office of the fire marshal or fire commissioner. If you are unable to find the person's name, just call, they'll be able to, to provide it for you. Laura King with NFPA Canada, thank you again. And uh, again, serve up fire safety in the kitchen, fpw.org, uh, one of the uh, locations to go and find the information you need. Thanks for, for joining us today. You say it so well, Tom. Thanks very much. Thank you for joining Firefighting in Canada, the podcast, brought to you by Draeger. Draeger products protect, support, and save lives. Firefighting equipment you can trust. Visit firefightingincanada.com for more episodes.